Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to Grown Up Kids and Day 2 of Podmas. We're still going with this. <laughs> now am I going to keep that in or am I going to put actual music in? I don't know. <laughs> Just keep my singing. It's better. It's better. I'm Katie. And I'm Megan. And today we're being joined once again by our good friend Jocelyn. How are you tonight? I'm good. Thanks for allowing me to come back. (laughs) Thank you for not being sick of us. Jocelyn does the movies that nobody else wants, which I appreciate. Not only that, but she, like, knows them like the back of her hand. I know. Which I super appreciate. I'll forget half the things. I'm like, who is this one guy? And have a very vague description. She's like, oh, it's this. And this is the plot. And this is who they're related to. And this is who really plays them. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm finally putting my college degree to good use. (laughs) Hey, you know. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You make us look good, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. So, so today we're going to be discussing a movie called Tonka, and for all those who are waiting for my glorious review of the movie, it surprised me. In a good way. In a good way. I saw, I, I judged the movie by the cover, and I was like, yep, not going to like it. This is going to be terrible. And... I think it's because it revolved around an animal. It caught mm-hmm. my attention. Mm-hmm. I liked it. This is Tonka the horse, not Tonka the construction stuff. Yeah, when I googled Tonka, I didn't think about that, and I just googled Tonka, and I was like, why am I getting all these trucks? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a toy company. Tonka Disney. And yeah. then it all pops Or Tonka up. Movie Yeah. also yeah. gave me what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so it's time for the 30-second Disney Dash. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> you want to go first, as usual? Yeah. Okay. We just watched this movie, so it's fresh in my mind. That doesn't always mean something, though. At least in it my doesn't. case, it does not. Yeah, so. I know, but we'll see. All right. On your mark. Get set. Go. So we meet uh, White Bull, and he really messes up whenever they're out hunting. He loses his bow and arrow, and then he loses the rope of his cousin, Yellow Bull, uh, and he gets in a lot of trouble. He's not allowed to go hunting anymore, so then he proves them all wrong, and he goes and finds his bow and arrow, finds the rope, and finds the horse he was trying to catch with the rope, ends up taming the horse, brings it back to camp. The horse doesn't like Yellow Bull, and then uh, White Bull... (sighs) Am I out? No. Oh. Uh, he lets him go, and now then he comes out. back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you were giving me the look. I thought I was out of time. If you're out of time, I would have said, you're out of time. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> I was giving too much information. But you clearly grasp- grasped the movie, so. Yeah. It was good. What you got in was really good. Which is really surprising, because throughout the entire movie, I was paying attention to the movie, but I was also discussing Crimes of Grindelwald with, like, all of my <laughs> Harry Potter friends, so... <laughs> See, I can't My do attention that. was divided. If my face isn't directly on the TV, I'm not learning a thing about it. Got to focus. <sighs> I've just been very focused on Harry Potter these past few weeks. I know. Like yeah. this is Disney time right now. I know. With Harry Potter sprinkled in. Don't worry, we'll get to that. <laughs> 
It's my life. Harry Potter and Disney. Mm-hmm. And cats. And Taylor Swift. Jocelyn, would you like to go next or last? <laughs> I can go next. I All can right. be the middle, the middle right. one here. Okay, on your mark. Get set. Go. All right. So we meet young, um, the young brave white bull who he sees like he sees this wild horse and he really wants it. So over time, he captures and he tames that horse, naming him Tonka Wiccan, which means the great one. Uh, after returning to his people, he loses the horse to his cousin. His cousin is rude, like, it's just mean, and so he frees Tonka, and Tonka gets bought by, like, the army, and they get into the Battle of Little Bighorn with General Custer. The end. 26. I was like, All oh, right. no, she's gonna run out of time. You're getting so, getting you so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, my turn. Are you ready? I don't know. Go. Alright, White Bull catches this horse and he tames him and he kind of becomes a man that way and then uh, his cousin or his uncle steals him and he gets really mad and then he lets him go and then he gets bought by this nice army guy and then he fights in the battle of Little Bighorn and then uh, Tonka reunites with White Bull and that's the end. 20 seconds. It wasn't good though. Alright! It's okay, you got the gist across. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Do your history. So, <laughs> some history on Tonka. It's also known as a horse named Comanche because White Bull calls him Tonka, but then the, is it a lieutenant? Lieutenant captain. who, captain who buys him ends up naming him Comanche. Um, so, it's a 1958 Walt Disney Western adventure film. It was directed by Lewis R. Foster and starred Sal Mineo as a Sioux who survived the Battle of the Little Bighorn. It was filmed in Bend, Oregon, even though it takes place in the Dakotas and the Montana Territory. I believe they go back and forth between both, but the battle is in Montana Territory uh, it, at that time. It was distributed by Buena Vista Distribution. So the film is based on a book... Uh, named Comanche Story of America's Most Heroic Horse by David Appel, or Apple, Appel, I don't know. People. Which tells an imaginary story of the Indian and U.S. cavalry owners of the horse of the title. Because we know that he was owned by both the Indians, the Sioux tribe, and by the uh, army. Mm-hmm. Fun facts. Yeah. It was really hard to find facts on this one as There well. wasn't a lot, even no. though it's got really good ratings. So, like, it's got good ratings on Amazon Prime, like, four and a half out of five stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about Rotten Tomatoes, but... It, when I looked that up, the one thing I looked it up on, it said not available for that, so... Yeah. So, like, there's not really a lot on it, even though it seems to have, like, pretty good reviews. Yeah. But... All right. So... Tonka actually aired on the wonderful world of Disney under the title Comanche. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the box office, it earned $2.5 million. I don't know how much it cost to make, but that's what it earned. Nice. Um, and then I found this article um, that talked about whether it was historically accurate or not, because it is a fictional story, but it does follow along actual history. An actual history. event, yeah. So, this is just from that article. So while the movie itself receives praise for some of its historical accuracies, there is also wide criticism regarding the shallow approach to the events leading up to the attack on the Sioux village, as well as the base of the overall conflict regarding the Sioux and the U.S. Cal- cavalry altogether. 
So TMC.com notes TCM.com. <laughs> notes that several different critics were concerned with issues such as the causes of the Little Bighorn conflict and for romanticizing the Sioux, as well as making no attempt to explore the rights and wrongs of the situations between the Redskins and the Whites in the 1870s. Um, New York Times and some other professionals also weigh in and critique the movie, saying that it failed to explore any reasoning as well for the friction or root cause of the conflict between the U.S. Cavalry and the Indians. And while it was a touching story that united two fictional characters in one of the most unlikely of ways, it is also fairly obvious to say that the movie failed to explore much, if any, of the significance behind the historically true portions within it. So... I I have to say, I didn't really grasp a reason why this battle started happening the only reason like i I, feel like it kind of came out of nowhere honestly like the way the movie portrays it because i'm i don't really i obviously learned history growing up but pew it's all out of my head because it's full of disney and harry potter things that was like literally in grade school sorry guys i I don't remember (laughs) but the way the movie portrays it is like um so custer has his orders he goes, they're supposed to meet with this other band, this other U.S. cavalry, and then they're supposed to plan an attack. Mm-hmm. But Custer is just like, he's such an Indian hater. He wants to do what he wants to do, and he does it too early, and then that's why all hell breaks dies. loose. Yeah. So that's how the movie comes across. But other than but, like, that, there's no reason. A, do they give a reason besides the fact that he's an Indian hater that he wants to do this? No, they don't. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't think they gave, like, a specific reason, but I, like, he, he was very much portrayed as, like, we need to take the offense on this, we need to, like, the surprise attack, like, obviously this is gonna be, like, if we wait, then they're gonna figure, like, if we wait, they're gonna figure it out, even though everyone who had any kind of common sense was saying, we're too small of numbers to do this, he still was like, let's go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even one of the guys is like, you know, if, if we had 600 people, we might stand a chance. Because, like, they all know that there's there's way more Indians than there are of them. So if they take them on, they're probably going to lose. And they did. So Big time. Yeah. I think they had, yeah, I think they had found, like, I think they had found out, like, that there was, like, a war, like, a war party or, like, a group that was meeting up uh, on, like, the Indian side. Okay. And, and that was kind of, like, part of what, at least in the movie was what kind of kick-started right. okay. that. So, in the 1950s, uh, Native Americans were commonly featured in films as the enemies of cowboys. Cowboys versus Indians, that's kind of a big, huge theme back in the day. Um, but Disney was actually one of the few studios that was sympathetic to Indians and often tried to paint them in a positive light. Sometimes. Right. <laughs> I, think, I think they did a really good job with this movie, though. Yeah. I yeah, think out of did. all of them I've seen, this I, shows them the best. I think that that's why I liked this movie a little bit better than some of the others we've seen. Yeah, I agree. Re- regarding, like, these types of storylines, at least. I feel like the other movies, the other, like, Western movies, like, besides Davy Crockett, really. I mean, like, I liked Davy Crockett in the sense that, like, Davy was the one who was always there to make the peace. So I liked that they had that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, to help communicate and, like, try to make sense of what they're, you know, try and make sense of their relationship and, like, bring them together Mm -hmm. instead of just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Instead of just, like, alienating them, you know? So, but 
but with all the other movies, it's just this constant battle, and it's like they're talking, like, the white, there's the white men, and there's the Indians, and the Indians are portrayed as stupid, and the white men just, like, make fun of them, and, like, I feel like that is the common portrayal of them Mm -hmm. in the, in the movies, but, like, this one... It just wasn't as blaring, so I could actually enjoy the storyline because I didn't spend the entire time critiquing the way that they're being portrayed. Right. I agree. For once, I wasn't scoffing at all the, you know, (laughs) jabs at Indians. You know, there were some. uh, Custer's a piece of work. You know, he just calls them redskins and just thinks they're awful. Was it when we watched A Light in the Forest that I was trying to explain? No, I don't think it was. When was I trying to explain, like, why I think Walt is always portrayed as, like, racist? It might have been a light in the forest. He, like, he's very commonly portrayed as, like, this racist person. But I think that in reality, he really did try to make things as historically accurate as possible. Um, however... Like, there's no excuses, like, whenever you just say, like, oh, it was the times. Like, that's not really an excuse. I mean, you still have choices. You can still choose to not act that way or portray things that way. But I think that deep down, Walt did try to be historically accurate, but sometimes that bit him in the butt. Right, it made him look bad. Because... Or made him look like he believed those things. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It made him look like he was an advocate for these things because it's his movie. His name's on it. Right. But he's just trying to be true to the story because that's what Walt does, you know? Yeah. It's Um, a really fine line to walk. Yeah. And I think that, clearly I think that in the 50s, most people think he did it well. However, if you look at these movies now, we are way more critical of those issues in this time. So I think that it just is more blaring to us now than it would have been in the 50s because that was just like common i mean like the 50s are known for being politically incorrect i mean especially like in movies and westerns and all that kind of stuff like they're they're just known to be that way um there were some people in some of the previous movies that we've watched that called out some of the racism and everything but it just wasn't as plentiful as there that would have like if that had come out now. Can you imagine like what critics and stuff would say about some oh of these my. movies? Like it's just it's a totally different time. So like being in the now and watching these movies is just we're gonna be overly picky about these sorts of things. But like that's okay because that's just the climate that we live in now. You know, just to like put into perspective like how we're picking these apart. Yeah, I'm trying know. to see them from both sides. I think that's important. Just like we argue, um... Because, like, I don't want to bash Walt all the time. No. Because I know, like, he's a creative genius. He really does try to do accurate things in all of his films, whether it's a Western film or whether it's the shaggy dog, and he's trying to make this look real like it's an actual dog, you know? But, like, it's just totally different genres. But he's still trying to do the same thing, you right. know? It's just like when we argue, our opinion is that certain things shouldn't be banned like song of the south because if it if it truly is racist well then we should learn from it so all these westerns from back from the 50s we can look at it now and be like that wasn't right let's watch it let's learn from it okay move on become a better person you know same for banned books but that's another conversation yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so while civil rights for native americans wasn't a political issue until the 70s 
Uh, Walt was ahead of his peers with films centered around Indians. So he really, yeah, like Mike said, he really did try. Like in A Light in the Forest, he had, like, all the behind the scenes was authentic. Like an Indian, a Native American was making authentic things for the film. Like he really did try. The costumes. Right. And just doesn't, like the, the prop pieces. Right. Like, yeah. It just doesn't, you know, what we all, what we just said. Um, so Tonka is based on the story of Comanche, the single horse to survive the Battle of Little Bighorn, which is also known as Custer's Last Stand. I don't feel bad for him. And it was originally conceived as a five-part episode for Disneyland, the show, not the place. <laughs> but it was filmed instead as one single film. I think I'm glad that it's a film. Me too. Same. Yeah. I don't know. Same. So according to the guy who played Yellow Bull, who obviously filmed was Sal Minio, who played White Bull, he says that Sal had a poker game going on every night and that he was very sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Aren't Native Americans, like, pretty well known for their gambling? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that that's, like, a pretty big thing for them. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it is. Because, I mean, he seems to actually be, like, Native American Sal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. IDK. Just could be a culture thing. Maybe. I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Characters. So, uh, as we just talked about, Sal Minio, he plays White Bull, who is the main, uh, the main character, pretty much, besides Tonka in the film. So, White Bull is the one who captures Tonka and then tames him, originally. Uh, I think that he, I think that this is like a really good, not necessarily, kind of like, yeah, like a coming of age story for him. So like he is said that he's not allowed to go hunting anymore until he can prove that he is basically responsible enough or like, you know, be becomes a man pretty much. So like in order to be able to continue going hunting with his tribe he has to grow up so the way that he does that is he goes out and he decides that he wants to train his own horse and he's like so proud of himself that he does it he does such a good job training Tonka like clearly this horse is trained with love um he trusts white bull like no other uh but then he brings him back and his cousin wants to take him, mostly because he's jealous, which is BS, and then does a really horrible job at treating him, and White Bull has the guts to say, you know, as much as I love this horse, the best thing for him is to let him go, mm -hmm. which I just think, like, proves right there that he really has grown up. Deeply, deeply cares for this horse, yeah. Go Jocelyn, do you have something? That, that's true, um... I did it, like, for me, when I was watching this, I, he definitely had to grow on me. Because, like, when you first meet, like, when you first meet him, he is so, like, just rash and bold about yeah. whatever he's doing. To the point that I'm just like, you remind me of, like, several cousins that I have. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I love my cousins. They're good people. Anyway. <laughs> um, but... I mean, like, he, like, you really do, like, they did a really good job, and he did a really good job at portraying that growth. Yeah. Because he, he does that, like, he, yeah, he acts like a child at the very beginning, and 
then he actually does like he becomes like one of the most responsible most responsible characters in the story mm-hmm. by the end of the movie. Yeah. Honestly, like I loved Sal Minio. He did he was the I best think, actor. Oh, he was I think the best was, actor. I think he did mm-hmm. so good because especially a lot of his screen time was just him with a, a horse or two horses and right. they did a well I'll talk about that more with, with when we actually talk about Tonka but Tonka's very like humanized. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. But I mean Sal would just no part of me was ever like thinking he did a bad job. Some of these older movies like I sometimes I question the acting in my head just a little bit just cuz that's kind of the style of the times. But with yeah. with this one I was just like wow like Sometimes you didn't doing a even job. notice that he was acting. Yeah, like, it just felt you know, really which real. Is, which was a good thing. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. He really impressed me. And with that, I'm putting him in Gryffindor. Because he is definitely a think-with-your-heart-before-your-head type of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, he's brash. Um, he is just a little bit... He, he acts before he thinks, which is a very Gryffindor thing to do. I'm going to say mostly Gryffindor, but as he matures, I'm going to call him a Griffin Claw. Okay. Well, I think he I think he gains a lot of wisdom and I think he uses that along with his heart. I don't know. That's how I feel. I feel like he's like a Hermione Gryffindor at the end. Yeah. I can see that. We're, we're You can you can think he's a Griffin Claw, that's fine. We're, I'm going full on Gryffindor. We're agreeing about the same thing but arguing about it. It's cool. But Hermione is a Gryffindor, <laughs> not a Gryffindor. I don't know. She almost got in Ravenclaw. But she wanted Gryffindor. I'm just saying. Yep. Just saying. <laughs> All right. So Tonka or Comanche. No, it's Tonka. I like, I definitely like Tonka better. Um, yeah, I liked what Katie said. Tonka is very humanized in this film. A lot of his, if not majority of his screen time is just him and White Bull. Um, But you can, like, tell that this friendship is forming. And, like, it's weird to say this about a horse, but, like, I felt it even, like, while watching the horse, quote, act. You know what I mean? Like, it it felt like the horse was acting. Mm -hmm. And that's just a good job to the animal trainers on set, I would assume. And um, I think that he is just very emotional and shows it a lot. Also, like, not trusting at all. Questions everything. But then whenever love is shown to him, he, just needs he a gentle, opens up. Gentle hand. Yeah. Yeah, I just loved how human he was. Like, he would lay on the ground and literally be like, <sighs> like, I fine, know. I give up, fine. And yeah. then, like, you could just, like, see it on his face when, like, he wanted to do something, but maybe he didn't trust White Bull yet, or maybe he was being, like, a little spitfire, and, like, you could just see all of it. Like, he was a human being. <laughs> it was really good. Yes. And you could definitely, um, you could definitely see that difference, but, um, when White Bull first, like, really meets him, like, when he, like, first captures him, and then when Yellow Bull first gets his hands mm-hmm. on Tonka, like, you can really see that different, like, Tonka picking up immediately on that difference of, this is a shirt, like, on the one hand, he's like, this is a stranger that I don't know yet, I don't trust, but he's kind of, he's kind of chill, so we'll see where, where we'll see where he's gonna go, versus Yellow Bull, where he's like, no, 
This is not happening. I am not playing with this. Yep. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tonka, where would I put you? With Hagrid and and the other <laughs> the other magical beasts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna put him as a magical beast. He's no ordinary horse. But like really he's not. Like he just he's just so human. He's the great one. Yeah. I liked him. I liked him too. Um, okay, next up is Captain Miles Keough. So yes! he is <laughs> he's awesome. Agreed. Um and I, I think that this was where this movie won me a little bit was with his character because in every like almost every single western up to this point the white men nine times out of ten are always the enemy they're both always the enemy but like you know so okay so like the movie is always portrayed as the indians being the enemy and the white men are the good guys but like in reality you can see the negativity of the white men and they kind of turn into enemies too do you know what i mean so like anytime i see an interaction with an indian and a white man I always am skeptical of how the white man is going to act and, like, what he's going to say and what he's going to do. I always assume the worst whenever I'm watching these movies. And a white man is, like, like okay, so right before he comes up, you see how they're treating Tonka, right? So, like, as soon as he came up, I was just going to be like, oh, God, what is this guy going to do this horse? You know, like, that was the first thing that came to my mind. But then he was just the total opposite. And I was like, oh, oh, he's a good guy. I like this. Like, this is different. It was a little twist on the norm, I think. And because of that, I really liked his character because he was unexpected to me. I was not expecting him to be that way. Um, also how he treated White Bull later when he came to yeah, visit exactly. Tonga. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whenever he comes and... Like, at first I was nervous. I thought whenever he grabbed that, like, rake thing... I thought that it was a gun, and I was like, oh, God, are you serious? Like, this is going to be bad. <laughs> but then it ended up just being, like, a really nice conversation, and he clearly trusted White Bull. Um, he didn't want to get him in trouble, and he, like, told him what was going to happen. Like, he kept him informed. He didn't throw any surprises at him. He, like, really helped him through the process of getting out of there safely. And it was just really shocking to me to see someone in that role act that way in these films. Because I feel like in the Westerns that we've seen up to this point, like, that's really rare. He's also, like, super, super respectful. Like, yeah, like, uh, White Bull puts mud or a different medicine on to Tonka on his wound on his leg. And he trusts him. Yeah, he's like, oh, you think that's better than, than, what do you call it, the salve? And he was like, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, then we'll leave it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it must have worked. Yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, I really liked him. Mm-hmm. I want to hear from Jocelyn, though, because she was like, woo, woo, that's my boy. <laughs> I just, I, I love that guy. He was definitely, he's definitely my favorite character. And I mean, I'll talk about that later on in, yeah. in the podcast. Um, but I kind of, I kind of wonder, because he really, of all of, of all of the cavalry officers that are shown, like, superior officers that are shown in the film uh, minus his second command uh lieutenant nolan nolan um i'm wondering if his like how he like his kindness like his kind of like open-mindedness is partly why he was only a captain versus i mean well 
aside from the whole, you know, historicalness of like the war, the battle and stuff. Um, but I wonder if that like held him back because he because... was he was more tolerable. Yeah. Versus General Custer, who was very much <laughs> the cutthroat. like is, yeah, very cutthroat. I bet that that's true, or at least a good point. Yeah. I, so would you put him in Hufflepuff? Yes. I <laughs> <laughs> I would say Huffleclaw. Yeah. Like I Which is a very rare combination. Because he definitely has like all of like all of the best qualities of Hufflepuffs, but he also has like this insane like insane intelligence level. Yeah. That just really added to his character. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I'll accept that. Yeah. He's a um, rare dude, so why not? Yeah. So, next is Lieutenant Harry Nolan. Henry. Henry, sorry. <laughs> I got, got Harry, Harry on, on the, the brain. brain. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Darn it. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, I don't, uh, honestly, like, I know that you guys have told me who he is, but I just cannot remember. <laughs> I can't picture him. So, he, well, he kind of reminded me, like, appearance-wise, he kind of reminded me of Colin Hanks. But, you know, that that's just who I kept. Tom Hanks' son. Okay. But, and so, like, a, basically a baby Tom Hanks. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, so he is um, immediately under Captain Keo. Co? Co? I, I think it's Keo. Keo? I don't I, even know. I don't know. That's how I'm saying it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's right. He's the one right under Captain Keo, and he's all, and he is the one who was in a separate group from the battle, which is, which is, I'm, like, assuming is why he survived the Battle of Little Bighorn, because he, he shows up with, like, the Doctor and other people at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Was he the one that was talking to White Bull at the end, whenever Tonka came over to him? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I and, he's, and, he's, and he's the one who got, clicked. who told the, um, who recognized White Bull yeah, when yeah, they were yeah, about yes, to yes. shoot White Bull and Tonka. Okay. At the at the end of the battle, got it. I know him now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jocelyn. As always, saving our bodies. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to help. <laughs> um, I feel like we don't really know like enough about him. I wish I could learn more about him, but um, he clearly has some influence from Captain Keo because he has a heart when it comes to yeah. this random uh, Indian kid who showed up at their camp once, recognize him. He's like, wait, 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 that's that kid. Like, don't shoot him. Yeah. He was just gonna put him down, which was awful. Mm -hmm. And then he tells him that he can ride Tonka every day. Yeah. He's like, but they said not to. And he's like, yeah. But me and you, we know better. (laughs) That was cool. So he kind of continues on the relationship that I feel like Keo and White Bull would have had. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Honestly, like, I, like, I totally agree with that. I think that was how, like, that's the exact portrayal that I got from it, where he was kind of, like, the standing in the wings guy, who is barely, like, who, like, who is there, and he's, you know, like, picking up all, like, the pieces, um, but the moment that Keo can't continue on, he immediately stepped into position, and he had, like, maybe not the same, like, that same level as Captain Keo did, uh, like, like tolerance niceness what you know what have you but he definitely was a good was 
like the right successor i get yeah I for agree. for that for that position i agree mm-hmm. i'm gonna put him in hufflepuff i think just based on what we know of him that he that's where he fits best right now yeah, yeah. i agree i kind of want to just talk about strong bear and prairie flower together because we kind of get the same amount of screen time from both of them that's fine maybe mm-hmm. Um, they're both, Strong Bear is White Bull's cousin. Is he? Or is a friend? He's like, Strong Bear is the friend. Well, cousin. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's the one that is always with White Bull, though. Yeah. And yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure of their relationship, but definitely close friend. And even if he is a cousin, too. Right. And Prairie Flower is White Bull's mom. Yeah. Yes. Um, I like- Question, question about that. Did it? Did you guys notice that like he never? He pretty much never goes back. Like his mom worries about him. Like when he when he goes like when he goes missing, and then at the very end of the movie, he kind of just like takes off to go join the army to watch Tonka. And I'm just like, what about your mom? Yeah. Like, are you not? Is are? Did you tell her goodbye? Like you kind of left for the battle <laughs> and then went to the army. Yeah. I said the same thing when it ended. I was like, wait, like. Does he live there now? Is what happened? He, I mean, honestly though, like based on how he was treated and his personality and how how the rules seem to be there, where like it's very dependent on like your rank and all of that. Like he wasn't about that, you know. Yeah. So like he hated the fact that his cousin had this control over him, and um, I think that maybe he just didn't want to go back. Because he was probably, I mean, maybe he was treated better. Well, and that and that's fine. And that, I mean, I told like I I agree with that as well. Um, I would like I would choose to stay with like the U.S. Cavalry, like especially if you know if my horse is going to be there and I got to ride right. him every day. But did he let my my main 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 question was did he let his mom know that he was alive? <laughs> like yeah, I, I don't like know. if he if he wants to stay if he wants to stay in the better place, that's fine. But does she even know like did they just have like a big farewell party and then he and then she never finds out what happens to her son. That's, I, wonder, I just wonder. Like at the very end he's kind of like he's still in his Indian garb as he's like riding Tonka at the end there. So I wonder if he like visits Whenever he's able to ride yeah. Tonka. Yeah. I don't know, but I swear that was the exact same footage from earlier in the movie. <laughs> I wondered that. Because I was like, that's really random. Like, why would he be wearing that again? I mean, unless, like, that's just what he's comfortable in, but... Which is fine. That's so funny. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I wonder if maybe he, like, went back to visit because he could ride him every day, or... I don't know. He's a man now. He goes. I wonder he if I wonder if that's like answered in the story, like in, in the, the book. book. No. Yeah, I don't know. Probably, <clears throat> probably. You know those book to movie adaptions, <laughs> <laughs> cutting out all that important stuff. I feel like I don't know enough about either of the characters yeah, to really put them anywhere. But I appreciate that they stand up to Yellow Bull, who's clearly a bit yes. of a bully. Um, a very strong, high-ranking guy in the community, and yet they both stand up to him and are like, you can't take Tonka away. Like, that's White Bull's horse. But, you know, Chief says no, like, overruled because of his rank. But I really appreciated that both of them were like, no, that's not fair. And did Mm -hmm. you notice the part where, like, White Bull says he wants to kill Yellow Bull? 
and then uh, Strong Bear is like, yeah, I'll help you. Mm-hmm. And then Prairie Flower, like, she's not really against it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she's just like, you guys wouldn't win. Yeah, yeah she doesn't say no. She's not like, idea. no, don't you dare. She's just like, you wouldn't win. <laughs> so, like, so true. is she okay with it if they try? <laughs> it just kind of made me laugh. But yeah, I feel like I, I don't know enough about either of them to really say. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Yellow Bull, on the other hand, he's a piece of work. And Ugh. he is the type of person, let's compare him. You're he's like person who... a politician who lets his power go to his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say he's an instant invite to not be my friend. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. But, like, he is one of those people where he's got some power, he's got some ranking, and he's going to use it even in situations where he doesn't need to, Yep. but he just feels the need to. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he got jealous of White Bull, who's, like, what, a teenager? Right. A kid who, like, awesome, you know what? He went and he grew up a bit and he learned some stuff, he decided to be responsible he trained this horse he's super proud of himself like he comes back a different kid and mm-hmm. then here comes yellow bull who's like well he's i don't like that now. you're getting all this attention so i'm gonna take your horse and let me tell you for anybody who's listening who might be like yellow bull if you are in a position of power like that or have higher ranking over somebody whether this is at work or like an older sibling even you could compare this to um a boss at work something like that like that is not how you treat your inferiors like what yellow bull should have done is praised him and been like oh my gosh look at this amazing job you did maybe you can be like me one day let me help you. Let me teach you things to get better. Let me praise you for doing all of this good work and, like, getting further ahead than you were because you messed up and you fixed it and you did better. You should be praising those sorts of things. You shouldn't be taking what isn't yours to take. Well, we already see a small glimpse of how Yellow Bull is in the beginning, like, very, very beginning, when we find out that White Bull has lost his And he won't let him go look. Yeah, and his mom's like, how could you lose this? Like, the chief gave it to you, and he's like, well, I didn't even have a chance to look at it because Yellow Bull, or look for it, because Yellow Bull wouldn't let me. He He wanted wanted me me to get get in trouble. trouble. Right. Yeah. This guy's a piece of work. He doesn't deserve any placement at all. Nope. I just... I will... Go ahead, Jocelyn. Sorry. I will say, though... His end, his ending was very, very satisfying. It was. Actually, that was happening. I was like, yeah, Tonka, kill him. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> death, death by horse hooves. <sighs> yeah, death by the horse that he wanted to try and take. Mm-hmm. Sorry, bro. Did he die? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, Yellow Bull definitely, like, he I was mean, like, about, Tonka he, was stomping on him. Because <laughs> he, he killed Captain Keo, and then he was about to, like, kill someone else. It might have been White Bull. I can't remember. Um, but he was about he was about to kill, like, hurt someone else, and Tonka, you know, just went full-on rage. Yeah. Tonka and became a Tonka truck. <laughs> pretty much. Bulldozing that... I was going to say a bad word. <laughs> Stuff down. 
Alrighty. Uh, Chief Sitting Bull. So, like, he seemed to be a sort of father figure to White Bull. Um, and I feel like he always had good intentions with, like, the situations he was in and what he was saying. However, like, and I know that, again, it's just, like, the rankings. The fact that he would just, like, sigh. He even says, he's like, I don't agree with Yellow Bull. However, his ranking says he can do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like. You're the chief. Change it. Well, that's sort of like injustice, don't you think? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, common sense says maybe you should stop him. Maybe his rank is getting to his head. I don't know. He annoyed me. But yeah, it definitely was an interesting, like, it definitely was an interesting, like, addition um, to have, having those rankings and having that be included. Yeah. Especially because Yellow Bull is, you know. Yeah. Scum. Yep, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did, I did, will say that um, when he's not acting like that, he was the figure that Meg just described Yellow Bull should have been. Right. The chief was super Agreed. disappointed in him, too, and then he came back and had matured, and he, w- and he was very proud of him. Like, he even gave him a talisman just straight yeah. from his neck, you know, which I think was, like, kind of like a blessing. Yeah. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Ravenclaw because I think that he's pretty wise in terms of like the decisions that he makes and the things like I said, he seemed to be a good like father figure to White Bull. Um and he was very focused on like the rules set forth by the tribe, like very <laughs> by the book. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Alright, we got one more. <laughs> Chief Yellow Hair. Which made me laugh. What's his real name? Custer. Custer. <laughs> Dude's a jerk. His mustache is stupid. His it goatee is. is stupid. Yep. You're stupid, Chief Yellowhair. I don't <laughs> like you. So he's the one that's really... Sorry, Jocelyn, go ahead. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Like, I think I was through watching this, like, for the second time. And only, like, halfway through the second viewing... Did I finally figure out that he was, you know, like, Custer, like, actual, like, General Custer? <laughs> because nothing else about him was, like, you know, saying, I'm a, you know, historical leader. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he makes bad decisions. I mean, he's the reason why they go into that entire debacle and lose mm-hmm. horribly. I mean, all that He loses a hands. lot of men. Mm-hmm. I mean, he loses yep. his own life. Mm-hmm. He loses all of those horses. Like, just unnecessary death. Yep. Um, not a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Dermstrain. Yeah. Dermstrain. Yep. Azkaban. Let's be Azkaban. real. Azkaban. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So, favorite character scene. Um, my favorite character is a tie, a three-way tie <laughs> between White Bull, Tonka, and Captain Keo. I just think that the three of them, like, the three of them, their relationship they have together just worked really awesome in the story. Um, Would you say they're the three caballeros? Birds of a pretty feather? Pretty much, yeah. They're three birds of a feather. Yep. Uh, favorite scene is gonna have to be whenever White Bull sneaks in to see Tonka, and then it's their whole interaction, like, the three of them, that whole, that whole scene where Keo, like, 
shows his trust in him and then helps him get out. Like, I just think it was really touching. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Would you like to go next, Jocelyn? Yeah, sure. I can go next. So my favorite, I mean, I love Tatanka, but my favorite character was Captain Keo. Um, I guess the, like, his second in command was also pretty, pretty cool. Um, but he, like, Keo was just such an amazing guy. Like, just all around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite scene was actually, like, there was a lot, like, there was, a, like, a favorite line, really. Um, and I can't remember what they were, what they were doing, but it was the U, like, it was the U.S. Cavalry. And they were coming back from something or doing something. Oh, I do remember. They were trying, they were going to go either scout or surprise uh, the Sioux tribe, but the Sioux tribe had already left. This was when um, Wipel had, was still training um, was I think still training Tonka? Okay. And Keo turns to to um, Lieutenant Nolan and says, "According to our manual, Lieutenant, surprise is a necessary element of every attack. Only they forgot to say who gets surprised, us or the enemy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was and good. I was just like, "This is this is my type of humor." <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite character. Yeah, I think mine's the same as Meg. Three-way tie. Wipel, Tonka, and Captain Keo. But Tonka's my favorite. For sure. He just edges out a little. <laughs> yeah, because I always relate with the animal because they're cute. And I have I get more of an attachment to an animal than I do a human being. It's just who I am. Honestly. Um, favorite scene? I agree with Meg where that scene they share um, in the fort with those three characters share when um, White Bull sneaks in. But I also love any of the scenes where you could really see Tonka's personality. So I love when he would, like, paw at the ground or, like, mm-hmm. anything that showed him, like, him communicating with those other wild horses. Like, any of those scenes where you're like, oh, my God, like, I can understand, like, what he's yeah. saying right now. You yeah, know what right. I mean? I'm like, can we get subtitles here, please? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. That was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, least favorite character is definitely Yellow Bull. He edges out Chief Yellow Hair for me, just because we <laughs> see <laughs> we see more of Yellow Bull's personality. So, like, we see more of the awful things that he does. I really, I it just really bothers me because I think it's a real life situation to have people like that in your life and, like, be able to compare real people to him where it's, like, that's not how you treat the people below you, you know? Like, that, you're totally going about it the wrong way. You're mm-hmm. ranking, like, you're you're taking your ranking the wrong way. Like, that's not what that ranking was given to you for. That ranking was given to you so that you could be an inspiration to others, possibly. Help others learn so that they can better themselves. Like, he just takes it all the wrong way. Um, my least favorite scene is definitely the scene with Yellow Bull and Tonka. It is heartbreaking to watch. I just, I mean, Tonka is clearly, like, in pain emotionally and physically, like, doesn't want to be doing any of that. And then they're forcing that thing in his mouth. I just, and then it just continues whenever, like, the cavalry catches him and then they're doing it too. And, I just want to punch all those people. 
Yeah. Like, why Why does anybody think it's okay to treat an animal like that? I just... They're... Nine times out of ten, they are defenseless against humans because humans just know how to overpower everything because that's how we are. And it's... It just... It pisses me off. <laughs> I mean, animals... Yeah. Like, whenever people say that they, like, feel no remorse whenever, like, an animal dies or something like that is just, like that irks me to no end. I'm like, you're not human. Yes, Jocelyn. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think to kind of, um, that, that scene was so telling of yellow bull's personality because he wasn't even, yeah. Um, because I mean, it clearly showed that he only saw Tonka as, you know, as property, but not only that, he purposely, he purposefully went out of his way to be extra hard Yes. Just because White Bull had said he had trained him and he had tamed him. And he was watching. And he was watching. And so it was kind of like a, I, like, you're still a child. Like, you're still, like, an ant. Like, a mere insect in my eyes. Yeah. So I'm going to show you how to actually train a horse. And by train, I mean nearly kill. Right. Yeah. I really hated that scene. Yeah. You can go, Jocelyn. Okay. Um, least favorite was definitely, um, definitely Yellow Bull. Uh, he was, like, he was a good villain, but, yeah. but definitely an awful, awful person. I do wonder what his reaction was when White Bull let Tonka, like, the next morning after Tonka, like, after Tonka goes free. I know. Like, oh, yeah. I really want to know see that. what, oh, that would have been such, Missed probably very, Walt. <laughs> yeah, very pain, probably very painful to watch. From a, like, you know, like, would White Bull, like, get beat down because of it? Yeah. But that would have been really interesting to see what his reaction was. I agree. Yeah. And then least favorite scene was pro- is definitely the same, because hearing Tonka's screams. Uh, I know. Very few movies have, like, horse horses scream. Yeah. It's not used often, and there's a reason why. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah, uh, least favorite character is Yellow Bull, closely followed by Chief Yellow Hair, but Yellow Bull, yeah, like Meg said, you know, we get a lot more of his character. He's just pompous, he's just a jealous person, he's just cruel. I mean, he's everyone... literally everything I hate in a person. Right. I mean, like, even... <laughs> he, like, really is. Even yeah. the people in the tribe say, yeah, he's cruel. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what you Why do you keep giving you? him feathers? Yeah. Knock him down a couple pegs. Because he's a strong warrior. Who And they cares? need him to fight. But you know what? No. Yeah. Uh, least favorite scene, yeah, whenever um, Yellow Bull's trying to take over Tonka. When Tonka falls. Whenever oh. I see an animal, like, fall, I don't know what it, like, literally talking about it is making my heart hurt right now. Especially it just makes me horse, so though. sad. Because, like, horses, you know, like, they don't do that often. Yeah, they're not supposed to. So, like, to. whenever you see one fall like that, I mean, the strain that that can put on their bodies, I'm just like, oh my god, did it break something? And, like, you know that with horses, like, whenever they break, like, a leg or something like that, like, that is not good news. Yeah. So, like, that yeah. was just immediately what I thought of whenever I was watching that. I was like, oh, he's gonna, like, make him injure himself and then be useless. But maybe that was his end game. Maybe, Maybe he just didn't want uh, White Bull to have something that was that good 
So he wanted it to injure itself. I don't know what his end game was. It didn't. It was gross. I hated how he kept saying like, "I'll break the devil out of you. I'll break you. I'll yeah, break you." Like, I was what the like, heck? Oh. And then break the devil out of you. I know. And then White Bull <laughs> has it like nightmares about it, and oh, it's a bad scene. It was as soon as that happened, I looked at Katie and I was like, "I would let him go free." Yeah, she did. <laughs> and then that was <laughs> and the then that scene. happened, and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Go wipe bull. You read my mind. <laughs> All right. What did we take away from the film? Um, I think that you can't always... Your first impression isn't always correct. Uh, because the first impression... Well, I guess not really of White Bull. He kind of had this feeling that Tonka was going to be good. But, like, most people, their first impression of Tonka was, oh, he's going to be untrainable. He runs awkward. Yeah, he's yeah. clump... He's cl- clumsy? Is yeah. that the word they use? You're yeah. going to say clumpy? Klutzy oh. was what I was going to say. <laughs> clumsy. He, uh, and... But, like, White Bull had faith in him. So I think that, like, don't always judge a book by its cover, really. Yeah. Just like you did with this movie. And I did. I did. I did. I totally judged it by its cover. And I was like, oh, this is going to suck. I actually said it first. I said, I she don't, did. I don't she, think I'm going to like She texted movie. me. She's like, I don't think I'm going to like Tonka. And I'm like, oh, God, why? And then I went and looked it up. I'm like, oh, I don't think I will either. But then after it was over, we both looked at each other and were like, whoa, we got really invested in that real fast. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, we were wrong. That was good. Jocelyn, what was your takeaway? Uh... My big takeaway was like that there's timing in everything. Um, not just not just in like, you know, in story construction, um, how quick like when the different, you know, conflicts were occurring, how early things were happening, but also just like like within the story, I mean it took it took I don't know if they said how much time um that Wipel took to train to tame uh, Tonka. Oh, yeah, I don't and know. And then, I think there was, like, a, and then there was, like, a six-month or so gap, um, from when he let Tonka go free to when Tonka got captured by the cavalry. Yep. Well, and then, of course, um, Custer at the very end, because he would, he just would not wait, like, a few more days. Right. Um, it, re- like, it really makes a difference, it really makes a difference if you do something too early versus if you go, like, the right amount of time yeah yeah have patience yeah uh my takeaway is respect animals yeah because you're gonna get a really in uh enriching relationship i mean look at tonka and white bull i have a relationship like that with my cat i don't care if that sounds ridiculous or if anyone wants to judge me on that but it's absolutely true like i love the hell out of him and he loves the hell out of me and it's really cool to like connect like that with an animal Mm -hmm. um so i related in that way and then side note i just have to say this any of my pokemon fans out there the sound that tonka makes as a horse sounds exactly like the sound ponita no rapidash no not not a horse (laughs) sounds exactly (laughs) like the game version cry of a wheezing fight me what Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to check that out. Mm-hmm. I'll play it for you later. Okay. <laughs> someone, please, someone, be like, yes, I know what she's talking about. 
Oh, all right. Overall, I'm going to say awesome movie. I really liked it. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah. I think that this is something we should now do. Let's rate the movies. <laughs> okay. 8 out of 10. I agree with an 8. I'd, I'd give it an 8. Minus 2 for uh, that theme song. Oh, God. <laughs> I wanted to try and, like, remember some of it, but I can't. But, yeah, it was... As I was listening to it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, they have so many theme songs, like, just strictly about the character. Yeah. Like, when does this mm-hmm. stop? I know. <laughs> yeah. We don't need these theme songs. <laughs> they... The only the only thing I... Like, the only part I remember... Um, I mean, like, I had it, like, music-wise... Not lyrics, like music-wise, it was actually kind of like a decent, like a somewhat decent. Like I can get into this. It reminded me of like old, like old school style Western TV shows. Yeah. So like it fit, like it fit that. Um, lyrics though, at one point they sing like um, "Great One Tonk Awaken," like "Wake On," but they like make it rhyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I heard was, that. And I kept hearing like the first few times I listened to it. I just kept hearing like brave one. I'm like, what? Like, I don't like, I don't, I can't like, you can't fully tell what they're saying in that song. Mm-hmm. And then once, and then once you catch it, then you're like, Oh, I can never unhear this again. <laughs> yeah. They don't need the theme song, just the music. We don't need the words. Yep. yep. All right. So Jocelyn, you're amazing. Thank, Thank you, you again. as always for joining <laughs> us. It's always a great time when you're on. Oh no, thank you guys. I mean like this is one of my favorite things to do is <laughs> to come and chat chat Disney with you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Aw>, thank you. <laughs> All right. I guess that's my part, huh? Mhm. Okay. So, grown-up kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you got a place you listen to podcasts, you could probably find grown-up kids. So, search us if you haven't. Uh, subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on Facebook at Grown Up Kids a Disney Podcast. We also have a Facebook discussion group called Grown Up Kids a Disney Podcast group where I've posted the comprehensive list of all the Disney movies that we're going to be covering on the podcast along with a list of availability to be on the show with us. So if you're interested in joining us on an episode, make sure that you head on over to the discussion group, find that document, it's a pinned post at the top, and comment on it. Message us or email us and let us know which ones you're interested in and I'll get you on the list. You might really like something you didn't expect that you would like, like Taka. Yeah. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Grown Up Kids Pod. Thank you so much for listening to day two of Podmas, and we'll catch you tomorrow. We're doing Sleeping Beauty. Whoa, it's a big one! Oh my gosh! And don't forget, adults are only kids, grown up anyway. All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.